It's Cal and KO brought to you by Anchor. We appreciate you for finding us. It's part two of our three-part segment with the military vets of this fine country. Uh, it gets interesting now. We've got a Navy SEAL joining the group and an OG vet who now works and specializes in um, studying the brain. So the conversation gets real interesting and in-depth. We hope you like it. You can find us on Anchor, Cal, K-A-L, and K-O. Kind of simple, huh? We appreciate you. Cal and K-O here on Anchor. Uh, we just had some new friends come in. Uh, we got our buddy Bob and Sean in here. Uh, you guys uh, introduce yourselves. Uh, well, Sean Stokes, uh, retired Navy SEAL. with SEAL Team 3? Five. Five. Excuse me. Sorry. No, it's a big deal. Um, well, you joined him again. Oh, no, I'm um, And then uh, Bob runs, you run a, a brain treatment center. Uh, can you talk a little about uh, what it is and what you guys are doing there? Yeah, so brain treatment centers, we've got a clinic in San Diego that I work out of. We've got one in L.A., Newport Beach, and Seattle. And we use a, uh, you picking me up, all right? Yeah, you're good. So we use a, a novel form of transcranial magnetic stimulation in order to modulate brain activity. So we basically start off with an EEG and we evaluate brain function versus anatomy. You know, MRI, CT takes a two-second picture of anatomy. We don't care about anatomy. We're just looking at how the brain is operating, how it's functioning in terms of frequency. And then if, uh, if we see something that's not right, we attempt to modulate that and get it back in line with the rest of the brain. And we do so with a four Tesla magnet. Okay. Um, the majority of your uh, clients are, are military? Yeah, either active military or veterans. Okay. But we also treat uh, autistic children, um, people that have chemo brain following uh, radiation for, for uh, cancer treatment, brain fog. What's the, the, the major finding that you've seen that, that gives you like positive feedback that the treatments are working, that it, it's actually improving uh, we, quality of life? Well, two things. We did our we did our own study in Del Mar for veterans with PTSD, and they had a uh, very substantial decrease in uh, scales, BCLM scores. But also, we've been treating guys like Sean, myself. I started off as a patient, a whole bunch of SOCOM operators over the course of the last several years, and. As a result, Special Operations Command is funding a trial in order to seek an FDA indication for the treatment of post-concussive syndrome following TBI. So currently, there is no FDA-approved treatment for TBI, traumatic brain injury. Right. So we treat, again, we don't diagnose. We just look at the brain and we try to modulate function. Somebody could come in with a diagnosis of TBI or PTSD and honestly, their brains look very, very similar unless somebody's been shot in the head. So you're basically sitting on a gold mine that would help the NFL completely with this concussion settlement that's going on. Yeah, we've had uh, conversations with uh, the NFL and uh, can't say much more than that, but things are moving forward. Nice. Yeah, I've seen Sean over here just uh, percolating with uh, life after uh, treatments. Yeah, it was a big difference. I got I actually got really fortunate. Um, I ran into uh, Spencer Vigoran his father when I was out at an event he invited me to come in and talk to Bob and uh, within three four days I was getting treatment and it was weird I didn't realize how bad my vision had become and after like the third treatment I I could see perfect and then uh, within a couple weeks I started no noticing like I had emotions like more emotion I started just feeling you know like myself and it's funny a lot of people that hadn't seen me in years said you know, you're, you're yourself again. I recognize who you are now. How many concussions you, can you estimate you had from uh, jumping out of planes? Oh. Uh, that's hard to... I don't know. How many I, jumps have you had out of planes? 
Uh, close between eighty five hundred to ten thousand. Wait, how many? <laughs> eighty five hundred. Yeah. I've been jumping since that would be too much. Plus, um. <laughs> yeah. So there's been probably at least a couple, two or three. Wow. <laughs> or ten. Can you, can you give like a, a brief uh, synopsis of your uh, military career? How long you're in? Well, division. Sure, no problem. I, I, I joined the Navy in 92. I spent my first six years in submarines, which not very fun. And then uh, so you went from one extreme to the other. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> then I went from there to Bud's training, and that place is brutal, but fun. Bud's training. Uh, for the listeners that don't know what Bud's training is, can you give a brief? Like, what is it? Uh, it's just uh, basic underwater demolition SEAL training. Uh, it's six months of suck. <laughs> Six months, of Six months of them trying to get you to quit. Yeah. Yeah, and they, they do a pretty good job at it. They have, they have a lot of tools at their disposal, a.k.a. the ocean. That gets a lot of guys. Um, spent, uh, I did I finished Buds and then went SEAL Team 5 where, you know, I think, we, you know, we, we're around the most powerful demolition in the world now. I mean, we've got rockets that are more powerful than we've ever had, and I don't think the military as a whole is really ever we have never really considered what damage that's doing to the guys using it yeah I mean obviously I think they've kind of over the years now are starting to see a lot of people with you know TBI and are starting to realize that you know some of that is is cause of it by blast by blast exposure so everybody most people are familiar with you know banging your head and having yeah. a concussion right well you can have a very se- severe damage to the brain as a result of the overpressure exposure from blast. Yeah, Eric mentioned on uh, that briefly yeah. earlier, talking yeah. about the fact that um, the, the exposure to the, the, the grenade launchers, explosions, yeah. the bag, the, the, the percussion gives you actual rattling the brain as well. Yeah, it feels very, like someone kicks you in the face every time you shoot it. Definitely. And very recently, they've been uh, studying a lot of brains that have been donated, right, veterans, um, and they've found a a new form of damage so it's not the typical damage that you see with chronic traumatic encephalopathy or CTE you know which yeah. is really common football player it's different and the damage is different it looks different in the brain and it, it inter- most of the damage is what's called astroglial scarring and it's at the interface between white matter structures that control blood flow and the blood vessels themselves and it can occur throughout the brain so there's a it's a different mechanism going on. So these injuries that you're, you're talking about, these are injuries that affect your mood, your personality, motor functions, uh, communication skills, higher level thinking? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, there was an instance um, last year, uh, about a year and a half ago, I was in the library at school and I walked down the stairs and I didn't know where I was at for like, for a while, it was probably about five or six seconds before I even started to even fully realize where I was at. So it really scared me. And I was actually, like I said, fortunate enough to run into uh, Spencer. Yeah. We asked uh, Eric and Galen earlier why they why they joined the military. Can yeah. you Give us a, a reason why you joined in the first place. I wanted to go to the teams when I when I first came in. Yeah. Wanted to be a frogman. Everybody <laughs> wants to be a frogman. <laughs> Did you feel like that was just like the motivation, and that's what kept your motivation throughout your your whole career? Yeah, definitely. Did it evolve into something different? Uh, Dalen had mentioned that when he first got in, it was for a reason. And then as he was in, he learned about the, the teamwork, the family environment, and it became more about taking care of your guys that are on your team. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that was like that was like for me day one. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, that's that's why you want to go into a team environment like that. Yeah. My experience was very different, though. I didn't know anything about 
Frogman or Seahorse we have all the movies now, so anything I was, like that. <laughs> I was fortunate. No, I had I had my first uh, traumatic brain injury, which you know we didn't even call it then, yeah. early seventies. It was just a concussion, because I, I got hit by a car on my motorcycle. I was in a coma for two days. Oh wow! And prior to that, I was a great student. I was risk averse, you know. I was generally a pretty easygoing guy. But when I woke up and started running again, I'd run cross country. I couldn't control my arms, you know. It was oh, wow. really weird. And I started drinking like a madman. Yeah. And uh, became a major risk taker. I didn't want to. Thought that studying was there's probably a better way to get get grades. So I stole the janitor's keys so that I could get into my classrooms at school and change my grades in the grade book. <laughs> And uh, I was just a different person, right? But yeah. I had no awareness of what had just happened, right? Wow. So I had a brain injury, totally changed my personality, totally clueless about it. And uh, rather than going to the academy, which is what I was thinking in high school, I went to Cal State Northridge and got into a fraternity. And I had a fraternity brother who was a Green Beret, just come back from Vietnam. And he's like, dude, you're never going to graduate college the way you're going. Because I was just, you know, I was a nut job. I wasn't studying constantly partying and drinking so uh, one night and he told me about seals you had to go become a seal I had no idea what it was it sounded good but I never would have done it had it not been a the fact that we ran out of beer one night at the frat house and they sent me to go get more beer right you know don't come back without beer 7-Eleven was closed so I found the center block threw it through the window grabbed a couple six packs and started walking back and next thing I know I'm sitting in front of a detective Burgess and, uh, you know, it's like, uh, hey, I uh, think I could join the military instead of going to see a judge. So I uh, paid for the window and the beer, and next thing I know, I'm going to the Navy. That's how it is. That's got to be that's the, gotta be the greatest story I've that's, ever heard. That's, right that's, 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 that's how a movie starts. That's how I wound up in the Navy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I guess I'm going to become a SEAL now. Yeah. Go to war, go to that jail. That's how a movie starts. That's unreal. That was unreal. <laughs> uh, Galen, have you noticed anything like as far as like uh, mood changes or things that like, you noticed yourself doing that you never did prior to doing the military? I have zero patience yeah. and I get mad really, really easily. Like I can't deal with disrespectful people like at all anymore. Like I don't it, it doesn't flow with me. Before I could deal with it, now it, it it doesn't work, and I I still call everybody a civilian. Like you're a civilian. So Leave emotional me alone. regulation, right? I'm like you're a civilian. Like functions. what are you doing? You're yeah. you're gonna yell at me? You're not yelling at me. And I'm like, well, it's my manager. Because <laughs> he can. <laughs> but I don't know. It's just kind of like I don't know. I don't deal with. I just don't deal with like I I don't have any patience or anything, and I get mad really fast, and it's kind of like. I need to like I'm like retraining myself with patience, and my kids are teaching me that because they run rampant and they're right here <laughs> running rampant. And uh, um, they're it's kind of te- like teaching you or stressing you. Well, they're or both. They're they're making me learn <laughs> patience again because yeah. I didn't I have zero like I have no patience. I don't deal with. I get mad fast. I have to like walk. If I don't walk away from the situation, then it's it's gonna be bad. Yeah. So like that's what I have to do. Eric, what about you? Okay, as far as what? As far as like, uh, you know, it's like uh, differences in like uh, your mood, personality, uh, characteristics, traits, things that, uh, that trigger you now that, that haven't been in the past. 
can you notice a difference in anything in your your old I would say, uh, I guess, you know, coming back after doing what we did, everyone did something different. But, um, I mean, like you said, like, you know, patience. Patience is a hard, is a, is, it's, um, it's different. Because you gotta, you gotta deal with the people that don't understand what you went through. You know, kind of just dealing with them. Like, they don't understand what you went through. And you don't, like I said before, just to go back off that is um, you don't understand what they went through while you were gone you know so they have their own emotions you have your own emotions and I mean it's hard it's hard to um, I guess like I don't know how you guys feel like like reintegrate like was it hard to reintegrate like back into like society uh, yeah I'm mostly it was just angry that's it I mean but, same, same issues I mean yeah, very confrontational I mean, they're not like super severe but it's hard like to get someone to understand, like, when you start doing a certain job, I guess, I don't know how you guys felt about it, but, like, they just, my wife, at the time, you know, she said that I was a different person, like, she was like, you left this way, you came back this way, and I don't know if that makes sense, yeah. but it was definitely hard, because I felt like I was the same person, like, yeah. to myself, but to my family, yeah. to my family, like, they didn't see me as the same person and I would kind of like I guess how can we break this down to like basic like oh well like I love my kids I see my kids but I was really regimented with them like I'm like we gotta do this we gotta do that like I'm just like on time on like always Johnny on the spot like we gotta do this right now and if it wasn't like that then I'm angry everything was a mission yeah everything was a mission like going to the market was a mission mission. yeah Yeah, there you go it's a mission that's what I was trying to say if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, every time you go, you got to try to go yeah. a little bit faster than yeah. last time, so you're not making any left turns. You're doing all right so turns. It wasn't, it's not like I was afraid to be around, you know, average everyday people, which we're all average everyday people, but you get what I'm trying to say. Like, just a little different. Yeah, like, but I'm like, I'm in, I'm out. Like, I want to go to the commissary. Yeah. I'm like, all right, I need to go to aisle eight, seven, six, and five. I don't need to go to any of those other aisles. <laughs> like, very quickly. I, I didn't experience PTSD, so I mean I did experience the TBI. But for me, I, I didn't. I did. I, again, I was just more confrontational, I, I, less patient. More, my feelings was just numb. I didn't experience a whole lot of feelings. It was kind of like a shutdown. Yeah, I mean I experienced anger, fine. <laughs> so I'd like to say something about the whole topic. Our, we, the reason we are apex predators on this planet is because our brains are different from everything else on the planet, right? We're not cast at birth. Our brains are designed or have evolved to basically adapt constantly to our environment and our functional activities. So, if you were right, you were earlier talking about you can get PTSD from anything, yeah. From your family life, from you know, this one guy who wound up in the, the ER for uh, 10 days who uh, was intubated and unconscious but kept waking up and every time he woke, woke up he tried to pull the cables and everything out of himself and then they'd grab him and hold him down and then inject him again and so he was like waterboarded for 10 days, right? So here's a guy who got PTSD just from going to a hospital. So you can get it from anywhere. And the bottom line is, is that our brains will change in response to our environment and our functional activities and if you put somebody in a very high tension environment for a prolonged period of time and then punctuate it with some really extreme events, they're going to wind up with a brain that 
looks very much like maybe 70% of the veterans' brains that we see when we give them an EEG when they show up. We've got very high frequency activity in the back of the brain and very low frequency activity in the front of the brain, which is where your, all of your executive function lies. So they're sampling information from their environment, visual, auditory information, you know, am I safe, am I safe, am I safe, am I safe, mm -hmm. at a very high rate. But the rest of your computer that tries to make sense of what's going on is operating at maybe six times per second. It's getting stuff at 20 times per second. Therefore, it can't relax and determine that, yeah, I'm safe, this is good, that's not a threat, whatever. Right? It can't make sense of it. And the brain's got a relatively fixed energy budget. So if you're spending most of your your energy in the back of your brain, processing information from your environment, and you don't have enough left, you know, the prefrontal cortex gets short-changed. It doesn't have enough horsepower in order to evaluate everything that's going on around you, which is why we see so much anxiety, right? Which is, right, which is why you don't want to expose yourself to people. You don't want to go out in crowds, right? You wind up being cavemen and just reducing your exposure to environmental noise because it's hard to make sense of. That's what? deep. That's, that's why I brought. That's like pinpoint what the issue is. That's why I brought Bob. So I have a, I have a cross, I have a cross question. Can I get a water, please? Yeah, water would be great. Thanks. I have a. Oh yeah, that's that. Can I grab one more? Can I grab that? Yeah, sure. Can you grab this other one too? Yes. I'll, I'll just get this out of the way. One chasing citra, wings, and lumpia. Thank you. Lumpia, too. Oh. I don't have any cards, sorry. Oh, yeah, I was going to say that. Um, can you give your uh, the website information about the, the treatment center kit for the yeah. listeners that you know, so are listening out there? It's braintreatmentcenter.com is the website. And then in San Diego, our phone number is 619-255-2101. And uh, to get back to that, how do you fix that, right? So you've got, when you've got a healthy brain and you're at rest, you're alert, awake, right, but your eyes are closed, the entire cortex is operating at roughly one frequency. It might be 8 hertz, it might be 10 or 11 hertz, but it's between 8 and 13 hertz. And it's a communication thing. So like if you have, um, it's a timing thing, really. So if you think about an orchestra, if everybody's playing the same beat, it sounds awesome, right? But if you had one section playing at a different beat, it sounds like crap. Yeah. Right, and you can't really make sense of the music, and that's what's going on with our thought process. If we've got very high rate of activity from the back of the brain being fed to the front of the brain, which can't make sense of it, so we need to speed up the front of the brain. So we use a four Tesla magnet to stimulate wherever the slowest area of activity is to force it or induce it to operate at the right frequency. And by doing that, we increase blood flow to the area, right? You oxygenate the area, and you train it to find the same way you train a muscle, right, to do something new and different. Yeah. It increases its capacity, and then as we do that over the course of treatment, a typical treatment is about six weeks, forty-five minutes a day, five days a week, right? And as as the changes occur, and the frequency in the back of the brain drops, frequency in the front of the brain increases, and that that dyssynchrony or that gap, right, as that diminishes, then symptoms just fade away. So you're talking about emotional regulation and anger and so forth, right? I used to uh, not want to drive anywhere because I'd experienced road rage. You know, somebody would be on my tail, I'd jam on my brakes. You know, one time guy overcorrected, wound up slamming into me. We both went off the freeway, you know, and it's crazy. I remember the day, though, that somebody pulled in front of me, like six inches in front of me, 
and my response was not a reaction. I think, assuming it was a, an attack, right? A personal yeah, attack yeah. on me, then I'm going to take you down, right? I'm following you, I'm going to get you out of your car and beat you. Yeah. It was, whoa, in a fraction of a second, my brain was like, whoa, maybe grandma's in a hospital, or maybe somebody just tapped the brakes in front of them and they're trying to avoid an accident, or maybe they just got a call from their daughter who needs to ride, or whatever. You know, it was all those other possibilities other than an attack on me, a personal attack yeah. on me. And I was just like, oh, cool, man, go ahead. Yeah, move over. It was like, holy crap. That's the way I'm supposed to be responding to stuff. Responding, not reacting, right? But actually responding and cycling through all the possibilities and making sense of it, mm-hmm. not automatically assuming that it's an attack on me, but hey, there's something else going on. and I don't, You don't have to get all spun up. That was amazing to me. That, that experience to me still stands out and as that a was major shift. That was during the course of treatment. During the course of treatment? Yeah. Sean, you had mentioned that during treatment you started to be able to see color better. Yeah, I, I didn't even realize I'd mo- gone mostly colorblind. And I and I had a lot of vision problems in my left eye especially. And it looked like, at the time I didn't realize, but it looked like I was looking through broken glass. And I, it was funny, after the second or third treatment, I was like, Bob, was that poster always there with the writing on it? And he's like, yeah, it was there the whole time. You could read it? And I could read it. Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't even notice there was numbers and letters on it. And one day you walked out of the clinic and you started looking at the flowers and stuff yeah. outside going, holy cow. I, I was like, yeah, I spent 20 minutes like crying looking at flowers. Beautiful. It's <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> so, they're so pretty. They're so colorful. <laughs> so, You've taken a painting, though, as well. Yeah, the, actually, Bob started helped me start with that. Yeah, we got started together. In that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's that's part of the treatment there. It, 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 it's it's one of those things too. Some of these like some of the stuff that we do. It's like instant gratification. You instantly feel better when you do it. So it, it helps you know stab it. Well, yeah. So there's science involved there, right? So activating the brain's reward center, right? Dopamine. We tend to forget that we have control over doing that, and then we rely on alcohol, drugs, or life threatening experiences or high-risk experiences in order to activate that reward center. But artistic expression alone activates it. So making music, painting, right, art making, anything artistic activates your brain's reward center. So I have a question. Yeah. I mean, if I can, yeah. If I can go ahead and go. I have a question. I mean, you guys are, you know, I'm a, I'm a youngster. <laughs> a young soldier. I'm not peppered yet. You just called me old. He's trying to tell us old. I'm really old, yeah. But, um, By the way, I'm in a basically way. white beard, white hair, and uh, Sean's on his way. way there. My beard but, um, is white. That's why I shaved it off. How do you, how, I don't know, have you guys been married? You guys been married? I haven't, no. Okay. How, how I just that didn't want the headache. As far as like being, you know, special forces, like obviously I was just a normal infantryman. There's no just. Like, right. well, I was an infantryman. Yeah. We, we were gone too much. I mean, a lot of guys made it work. I think if you want to make it work, you how, can. How did you? How did you make it work afterwards? After after being in, or like make what you, work as well? Like just your marriage? Oh, I, I've never been married. Okay, well, I'm not doing that to myself. Period. <laughs> well. <laughs> How were you able to stay? Like, how were you able to stay with your boyfriend for so long? <laughs> I mean, oh, like, how did you make relationships work? Like, was a, while was you were, team uh, guy. Uh, <laughs> we were happy. Yeah, <laughs> while you while you were while you were um, you know doing your thing, like, how do you make that work? Or are you just you know, for me, it was just easier not having someone, okay. not worrying about somebody else. 
Very few do it well, I would say, and that, that's why in the teams itself the uh, divorce rate is over eighty-five percent. Mm. I'm just wondering because, like, I'm yeah, I, I, I think so. the yeah. guys that make it work are guys that really want to make it work, but but me, I just didn't even want to try. I mean, to be fair. Or guys that have really strong wives. That's you have to have a strong wife. <laughs> I have a question for Sean. That uh, it's, it's pretty funny, but um, it's funny but not funny. <laughs> you just came back from uh, Somalia. And I was in Detroit, I believe it was. And you came back, and you had this eerily sort of calmness from coming back from doing what you were doing. Is it the fact that the job is not that hard? I would say, honestly, to be to be fair, that job wasn't that hard. Yeah. The anti-piracy and the, the small anti-piracy. It's like, especially nowadays, because they've done a lot more to mitigate that. Like, where the, 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 they they travel in the international corridor, and they they're usually and they jack up the speed to about 26 knots. So these guys that try to attack you are in these little wooden skiffs, and they tried. They tried coming a couple times, but I mean, there's no way they're gonna get on that ship. Plus, you have a sniper rifle. I mean, if you really need it. <laughs> so. If you found yourself that, like, uh, when you come back from overseas, that you have a calmness about you, it's always been there? Um, or is it you become more numb to what you It's probably just more exposed? numb. I don't think I... I don't think I... I didn't really notice it, so... But uh, I guess it was just... I don't know. I, I've noticed that, because I've, I've seen... We've hung out before yeah. you've gone overseas. Mm-hmm. And we're happy, we're high energy. And then when you come back... You're calm, and then you kind of build back into it. I see yeah. that build back into it. Yeah, I guess I, I think it's just I just turn off. I turn off my feelings while I'm gone because it, so, yeah, you know, just nobody over there's you know you're around my. I'm not around my friends. That's all. Yeah. So when I get back around my friends, I guess we'll get happy. <laughs> that that emotional uh, suppression or dampening, yeah. right? Um, that's very common, and it's bad for you <clears throat> because if you do it long enough, you wind up with part of your brain going dormant. Most of which is in the right hemisphere, and uh, that leads to uh, problems. So, yeah. <laughs> what, do you, do I, you felt that like emotional suppression? When you get back, you don't connect emotionally with your wife. Oh, I that's didn't for with sure. My wife probably for the first two months when I was back, yeah. um, I was like going through the motions. Yeah. Love you, babe. Thanks. Without a smile, <laughs> like, like, hi. Love you, babe. Hi. That's nice. What's that? Pop play, go outside, play with the kids. <laughs> Running around, just going through the motions because I know if I didn't go out there, I was gonna get in trouble. So I did it, but it was kind of like it took me like almost three months after coming back from the almost 13 month deployment in Afghanistan and getting freaking hammered for the first 10 every day. Wake up to mortars, go to sleep to mortars, wake up to mortars, go to sleep to mortars. Wake up till gunfight, go to sleep till gunfight. Go on patrol, gunfight. Longest one I was in was 16 hours. Uh, firefight in the middle of the road. Came down. Like, it was just going through all that, and then you come home, and then it's like, she wants you to be like, rah, 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 and you're like, no, 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 no. I just want to lay. I just want to lay down on the bed for like a couple hours. Yeah. I go do missions. We're doing what? Three-day missions, one-day FOB, FOB coverage, and then uh, one-day QRF. So your QRF was like your down day, but you're not really down because you got to prep all your vehicles, you got to sit in your vehicles, all your guns on it and everything, and you're just waiting for the So you're on alert your, constantly. Your buddies get, get jacked up for you to roll out and go get them. So 
Nashville is like, you're never really down over there. You're always go, go, go. And then I come home and she's like, go, go, go. And I'm like, no, no, no. I want to go lay in the bed and go to sleep for like 15 hours and just sleep. I don't want to do anything else. I just want to sleep catch up on all the sleep I lost for 12 months. Yeah. The way we're supposed to live is wake up with the sun, right? Get exposure to sunlight which makes it easier for you to go to sleep later in the day, you know, after sundown. Not be exposed to a bunch of light after sundown. Regular exercise, good quality sleep throughout the night. That's the way we're supposed to operate, and all of our biological systems are based on that. Recent, uh, right, yeah, recent Nobel Prize is awarded for the guys that prove just how important circadian rhythm is. Right? Everything relies on it, and that goes to crap, right? You're up all night. You, walking yeah. around with my nods on. Yeah, you're not getting, you're not sleeping rays, properly. Chicken doors. Yeah. <laughs> and so you you uh, you know you got the sympathetic and parasympathetic system. Sympathetic is fight or flight, right? Parasympathetic, rest, digest. Well, if you don't get any rest, digest for nine months, twelve months, eighteen months, whatever the case it is, you get stuck in sympathetic mode, and you can't turn it off. And also being over there. My flight mechanism went away. I don't have a flight mechanism anymore. I don't fight. I fight. That's it. I don't yeah. have a flight anymore. Like literally, still right now, I don't have a flight. Yeah. I fight. I go. I'm go too forward, broken to run, so I have to stay. Yeah, it's the same. It's a. It's the same system. I'm too broken right? to run. I have to yeah, stay. Yeah. No, it's fight. the same. It's the same system. But you, you don't even consider should I run or should I stay, right? No, I'm staying. Which is why, yeah. Which is why, which is why you see sometimes you know veterans get somebody prank them. I'd right? rather run, but and they duke them. They just attack the pranker as opposed to you know whoa being scared yeah. like it was normal. Yeah. <laughs> there's no that, and that, that that's also caused a problem with my wife too because I don't like I don't back down. I yeah. I just continue to argue. Which now I'm learning right now since I've been back so long. I'm like, all right, I need to back better. Yes. All right, I do right, dude. Do you sleep well? Huh? Do you sleep well? Uh, now I do. Good. It took me about. I've been back for two years. I just started sleeping well in the last seven months. Yeah, that's so I went important. From three and a half. Now I'm at seven. That's awesome. Most of the guys that we get four can't sleep more than two to four hours a night. I give four. Yeah, you definitely want to. That's a max. You definitely want to work harder on that. That's a good night. Four hours is a good night of sleep. Do you dream? No, I uh, I sweat. I sweat. Okay. What's that? All right. So I sweat profusely when I sleep. You, and if you give this man a mic, three times a night. I sweat three times. I change my shirt three times a night. Yeah. I still do to this day. I, I literally. I don't know I why. Like my body just goes. It won't stop. Uh, I I constantly pace. I wor- I worry. I have anxiety. Uh, I remember when I first retired from football. I felt like I'm supposed to be at practice. I wake up. Like, I gotta go to practice. I'm like, wait a minute. It's, I'm retired. I have nothing to do. And then when I got married. Um, my wife next to me in the bed. I don't use somebody next to me in the bed, so I'm like, like freaking out, like about to like block her or push her out the bed. <laughs> I don't know why. And then when I have my kid, I'm constantly worried about the kid. So I go sleep for like 20 minutes and wake up. Oh, where's the kid? Is it okay? I'm worrying constantly. You know, my brain would never shut down activity, yep. and I know that's like I'm sweating. So my brain is doing something. Like my body's still active, and they. they I know about the the pons reticular formation. We're supposed to shut off yeah. your body movements. You don't act out your dreams. 
I wasn't getting it. I'm moving in my sleep enough to where I said there's, yep. like a, there's uh, something you wrong with that. You weren't getting it deep enough there's, sleep. There's, like, there's different yeah. realms of sleep, right? Yeah. I don't know exactly yeah. the realms of sleep, and I'm not a doctor. Yeah. But you know what I'm talking you're about. Not yeah. in the, you're not in rims. Yeah. And like, I understand what you're saying, and I totally agree with you, because like, I wake up profusely like drenched in sweat, like to the point where like I have to get out of my bed, take, change my clothes, wipe off in a towel, like I just took a shower and then go back to bed. I used to sleep on a towel and then for that even, very reason. Even even yeah. put towels like, down. I don't even really <laughs> <laughs> so like lay down, brother. Like no for real. Like it's like because it's so wet, you get cold, you know? Yeah. You get really cold and like you know I'm getting better about my sleep. Do you let me ask a question though. Do you do you uh do you get up and pee during the night? I, I don't. I'll just I don't say, I, I was, get up and, get up and pee. You go to the bathroom. Not really. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes. So if you're not, if you're not I'm dreaming, I'm just. If you're not dreaming and you're not and you're not and you're getting up and going and peeing, you're not actually getting deep sleep. I do get up and pee at night, though. Okay, so if you, so then I must not really be getting seven hours of sleep then. Well, it's a it's a matter of the of the quality of sleep. So when you get it, when you get in a deep sleep, right, your kidneys turn off and they stop producing urine. I don't. So if you're getting up and, and going to the bathroom multiple times during the night, you're not actually getting into deep sleep. You right. get light sleep. I get light sleep. Right. I'm a light sleeper. Because so, if my if my that's son moves, my son that's the darkest. That's my three year old. He sleeps in the bed with me. If he moves, I yeah, I'm like, you're light sleep. You're deep sleep and it wouldn't even bother you. Yeah, I don't yeah. sleep deep. Deep sleep. Yeah, I never get there. Right, so deep sleep, usually you, you get into there first and you come out of that in the REM sleep. Yeah. Right, and then you dream. So I had a sleep study some years ago and I was only getting 1% REM sleep. We should be getting 20, 25%, right? So, and I was getting up and going to the bathroom multiple times. I was never in deep sleep. And that's where we, that's where the restoration, the physical restoration occurs. And that's also where we clear, there's a mechanism that exists to clear brain waste. So if you don't get deep sleep, you're, you're, you're accumulating brain waste, right? In the same way that if you didn't uh, have good uh, lymph flow in a muscle, for instance, and you used it a lot, right? You start getting all keyed up and, and seized up, right? Because you're not, you're not clearing waste. So if you're not getting deep sleep, you're not clearing brain waste. Calvin, you you snore uh, very heavily when you sleep. Uh, how do you feel when you when you wake up? Do you feel rested or you feel like uh, you need to get more sleep? You guys sleep in the same you bed. Tired right now. Well, I, I normally only snore when it's alcohol induced, and I'm laying on my back with my mouth open for one. Uh, other than that, it's a light, like comfortable snore. My lady actually loves my snore when I'm sober. Um, and then I look sleepy now, that's just because of my vice of choice, you know what I mean? My attitude adjustment, which is how I motivate through life. Um, it's legal in California, but you know, that's what I'm saying. My, my kids still listen to this, but it's all good. Uh, I've just enjoyed this conversation, man. I have nothing to say, not because I'm stuck on stupid over here, even though I might be a little bit, but just because this conversation is amazing, man. So I'm saying that, like, this might be our crazy. best podcast today because we talk about a lot of fun stuff, but this is really groundbreaking because a lot of information that people don't have, that don't know, that otherwise we never have access to it. Especially with Bob talking about different facets of the brain, activity, uh, like, you know, problems with the brain. That was and great. Recovery. And then having Eric and... Uh, and, uh, that, that's the CTE. We'll blame yeah, the CTE. He didn't remember his own name. Galen and Galen GP. And we had Galen and Aaron talking, and Bob and, and Sean talking about the, the actual facets of the military that people don't know. Civilians don't know about. I do have CTE. The CTE. Uh, I 
have yeah issues. I, I black out in the middle of the day doing something. I, I actually um, I'm in an acting class and I have to I, in order to memorize my script, I write it out. I used to have very very good handwriting and now my brain is thinking faster than my hand can write. So I write letters backwards or I don't have dyslexia, but it'll just it'll scribble or the, the letter will come out that's not supposed to be the letter there. No, you're just faster. You're, you're just faster. You've been like that since I was in eighth grade when you were teaching me math classes. <laughs> since you were teaching me, since you were teaching me pre-algebra in eighth grade, you're just too fast for your own self. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I've always had, I've, I've been diagnosed with OCD, so I have obsessive compulsive disorder, and I actually obsess over a lot of things. And one of the things I have is it has to be perfect. If it's not perfect, I get mad at myself. So I know my brain's not functioning the way it's supposed to, and the actual knowing of that makes me angry. We should get you over to the clinic and get you an EEG and see what's going on in there. Yeah, my wife said that. My wife's like, you know, when we started dating, we were cool, but I don't know why uh, now you're it's getting progressively worse where you're used to being an asshole, and now you're saying things that are so mean and hurtful. I'm not a mean person. I'm not a bad person. I remember back in the day, I go to a bar and I come in the whole crowd. Like, hey, how you doing? Now it's like, hey, how you doing? No, man, everyone still loves you. Like my wife, like I come oh, over. Yeah. She does, she does. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just this, this things are like, I, I know myself. Like, you are a little bit. My patience every now and then just works in. And especially for football season, people ask me, how about that game? I don't know about the game. I don't watch football. It's a trigger. I, just, I don't watch it. I stay away from it. I can't watch football and be entertained. I watch football and I dissect I'm going to sit around this play. You know, they're going to do this. Oh, that guy didn't handoff. It's going to be a pass play. That guy didn't run that dig route, right? <laughs> okay, this coach, during third, third and long, we play New England, they're going to go with the draw because they know that everybody's going to fall back because Tom Brady's arm. Check down to the This is the point where I've I didn't know what any of that means. Program. Like you said, I can't turn it off. Yeah. So I'm wasting energy doing what my brain is doing. I have no more energy for growing stuff. Like, oh, hey, you might have to drink, you want a beer, how are you doing? Like asking normal questions, interaction. Okay, so, yeah, so what you just described is inefficient brain activity, right? Because you're spending a lot of energy on stuff that's not really important and that gets you fired up and spun up and keeps you from being relaxed. And ultimately, that's what we're trying to do. When a brain is happy and healthy, it's operating it very efficiently and very effectively. It's got good communication throughout the cortex, right? You've got different areas of your brain do different things. They need to be able to communicate with each other within a very discrete time domain in order to make sense of stuff and execute and coordinate what your thought and what you're, what you're thinking and what you're writing, right? Saying, whatever. Thank God for that. America. <laughs> <laughs> well said.